0: feel a little funny up here but uh, glad to glad to be here with you guys it's, it's good to see you guys i feel like it's been forever um since we've since we've been together last but i think that we'll think that we'll have a good a good morning and let's uh let's let's i know Brett just prayed, but I guess we won't have to say a long prayer but just thank God a little bit for this rain huh that's that's a good rain so let's let's pray uh, God, we are so grateful um, that you have blessed our land with this rain. I mean, the whole way from Plainview all the way up here, it's just a nice, you know, st- steady, slow rain. God, I could hear it all night long just falling on our house, you know, gentle and, and slow, God. So I don't know where it was. Everybody, if anybody was affected by severe weather or anything like that, God, I pray that you would you would be with them. But overall, God, I just pray that this whole region would be filled with gratefulness and gratitude and, and joy uh, that you have blessed our land, God. And and I, I thank you for that. Pray for pray for all the agriculture community and how each one of us are affected by it. And uh, we just we just thank you, God, for this blessing that we woke up to today or went to bed to last night. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Um. So this morning. Um, I want I to, we can just start in Mark chapter 8 and verse 36 and I'm, and I'm going to use this first verse here as an introduction and then we're going to go into uh, a story, a chapter of the Bible that uh, you'll all be really familiar with and then I think we'll have some some good good discussion questions really really challenge us uh, a little bit this morning or uh, probability probability is that you really get challenged this morning so in a a way maybe just thinking about a couple things a little bit differently so mark chapter 8 verse 36 for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul for what will a man give in exchange for his soul so as an umbrella over the message that I want to share with this morning and and if I deliver this if I communicate this message to you well everything will point back to this same kind of thought and and here's what I want to say from this text in Mark chapter 8 I come to this conclusion the individual human soul is more valuable than any other resource on earth. It's not just that God loves mankind, it's that God loves you. It's not just that we are important, you are important, okay? The individual human soul I want you to think about this with me. This is good. Like if we really start thinking about this and the way that we interact with one another. This will have a radical impact on the way that we treat each other. This, this, these concepts that I'm sharing with you, if you, if you, really, if you really allowed this text and the, and the observation that I'm making to be sewn into your heart to change the way you think, it will affect all of your relationships. Because the individual human soul is the most precious, wonderful, you know, element of creation. And how do I get that from this text? Look to what it says. What does it profit a man? That's singular. What would it profit a man if he, singular, were to give up his singular soul? If he were to gain the whole world, it would not have been a good exchange right The individual human soul is precious and valuable to God so now then let's go look at a at a parable. this is Luke chapter 15 and whenever I saw this the other day right now in my Bible study I'm in the in, I'm actually in the book of Acts now, but just prior to that I was in Luke and and been taking some time to Go through uh, the Gospel of Luke and then the book of Acts, because they were both written by the same author, and so taking some time to compare these two different things and as i was as I was in this uh, I was in Luke chapter fifteen and I saw this and and so let's let's just we're going to read through the whole chapter, and I might stop occasionally as we go through it, but we're going to read all the verses today we 're going to spend the rest of our time right here in Luke chapter fifteen um, So verse 1, now all of the tax collectors and sinners were coming near him to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. All right, let's stop right there. All right. He told them this parable. So, what we're going to get here in this chapter is, in this chapter, is we're going to get three parts to one story. And I think until this time that I read through the passage, I thought of this as three separate stories. But I want to present to you this morning that it's not three separate stories, that it says there in verse three. So, Jesus told them this parable. Okay, one parable, Luke chapter 15, all of it together. And did you see what the context of this? parable is that the scribes so in other words the religious people right the religious leaders the church folk of the day began to grumble saying jesus eats with sinners or this man receives sinners and he eats with them and so in response to this uh do you see that this devaluing of something that is precious to god he said this he said this parable Maybe I'll just go ahead and say this right here. Do you realize this? That in order to hold unforgiveness in your heart towards someone, you're going to have to dehumanize them. Okay, you see how he changed them from people who are like, like himself. These these religious people turned people. Instead of instead of it Jr., I turned him into a tax collector and a sinner. I turned him in. I I put a label on him or a name, something other than in the image of the wonderful God, you were made male. Right, so I, I exchanged the glory of who you are as the child of God, and I substituted that with some other label for you. You're just a punk, you know, you're just a jerk, you're, you're just a little kid. He, he's just a, you know what I mean, he's just a, you know, I whatever, he's just a hillbilly, he's just a redneck, he's just a vato, you know, he's just a, you know, I don't know what you say, you know what I mean, he's he's a thug, you know what I mean, he's, I mean, what, what kind of, you know, she's just a, you know, whatever, you know. They put a label on them, and that label was something other than the beloved man or woman that God gave to us as a gift, the gift of God to me. You see what I'm saying? The, the blessing and the favor and the love of God for us. And you see that? The, the religious people began to call something, began to call these people something less than precious. They're sinners, right? Ugh, rubbish. Trash, right? That's that, that's their religious attitude. Listen to this. So he t- so he tells them this parable. What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep, and he lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open pasture and go after the one lost soul, which he until he finds it, and whenever he found it. He lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And whenever he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors. And he says to to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. And I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. See, they says one, the individual human soul is of incredible value to God. There would be great rejoicing in heaven over the individual human soul that repents. The one that was lost that now has been found. Do you see that? The, The first chapter of the one parable, the story of the lost sheep and the good shepherd. Now let's look at chapter, you know, the second, the second scene of the same play, right? The lost coin. Or what woman, if she has 10 silver coins and loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and carefully search until she finds it. And whenever she has found it, she calls together her friends and her neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin which I had lost. In the same way, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Right? The story of a lost sheep and a good shepherd, the story of a lost coin and a good wife or a good a good woman a good housekeeper okay now then scene 3 of the same play and he said there was a man and he had two sons and the younger one of them said to his father give me a share of the estate that falls to me and so he divided his wealth between them and not many days later the younger son gathered everything together and he went on a journey into a distant country and there he squandered his estate with loose living now there were now when he had spent everything a severe famine occurred in that country and he began to be impoverished so when he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine and he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods of that that the swine were eating and no one was giving anything to him i'm gonna i'm just gonna go well i I haven't mentioned this this morning i'm gonna stop right there for just a second so In December of 2016, I resigned from Harvest Christian Fellowship, and I started selling insurance for Farm Bureau. In March of 2018, in March of 2018, I was asked to come and start serving as an interim pastor at a a church and health center called Western Heritage. And at this church, we do a significant amount of ministry to people who are um, in recovery uh, from drug and alcohol addictions, so it's a, it's a it's a very big part of what we do every week. And um, in January of this year, January 2019, I accepted the position as a permanent you know a permanent position as the pastor at the church at Western Heritage. And over the course of the past year, I've had the opportunity to interact with many different people. Listen. Many different people from our part our neck of the woods, who are not unlike this person, it says he would gladly eat the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving anything to him um one of one of the guys who's become my best friend, one of my best friends, not my best friend, but one of my best friends over the course of the past year is a guy named David Lopez. And literally a year ago, David was on the streets, sleeping on the asphalt in Lubbock and eating out of trash cans. OK, just a year ago, he came to church. He's accepted Christ. He's been baptized. He's been clean for almost a year now. And he is now in the process of starting a business uh, as a subcontractor for Andrews Brothers Roofing. He's uh, He's got a crew and they're putting on roofs. Uh, in people's homes and stuff, and so he works with his dad and he works with his brother, but a year ago, this man was eating out of trash cans today he's a business owner <laughs> okay is that, I mean just radical radical stuff i mean it's it's so cool to see, but what I'm trying to say is the only reason i'm not saying i'm the only reason why i'm sharing that story with you is this is not impractical or irrelevant to us. People that come and worship with you every week, hopefully, dear God, please. People that come into this auditorium every week are in similar conditions to this, right? Uh, having received a gift from God and squandered it through loose living, right? right? Let's see here. But whenever, but whenever this man came to his senses, he said, "How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread?" And here I am dying with hunger. I will get up and I will go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired men. And he got up and he came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him. And he ran, and he embraced him, and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring out the fatted calf and kill it, and let's eat, and let's celebrate, right? Let's, let's have a party, right? Let's celebrate. For this son of mine was dead, and he has come to life again. He was lost, and he has been found. And they began to celebrate. Now, his older son was in the field. And whenever he came and approached the house and heard the music and the dancing and he summoned one of the servants and he began to inquire what these things could be. And he said to him, your brother has come. Your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he became angry and he was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. But he answered and said to his father, look, for many years I've been serving you and I have not neglected a command of yours. And yet you have never given me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. You gave him a cow. You won't even give me a goat. Right. You see that. What's up with that, right? He ain't never had cabrito, right? Man, some tacos. <laughs> That's when, yeah, yeah, anybody, my brain just went somewhere. It shouldn't go, you know. But, uh, but you, you never even gave me a, a goat. But whenever this son of yours came who, dev, who devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And said to him, son, and he said to him, son, you have always been with me and all that is mine is yours. We had to celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours was dead and he has begun to live. He was lost and he was found. So what I see in this parable is three, three accounts of the same story. Did you see the first the first scene, the first the first little portion of this, the first illustration was that of a sheep that left the fold and the shepherd had to go out and find it. Okay? The second story is of a coin that got lost in the house and they had to look all around until they found it. And then, okay, so I think that that's what this is telling us. Look, there's two different ways that you can lose yourself. Some people are very lost, and it's what we recognize out there in the world living like hell and doing stupid things, right? But there's a whole other different kind of people that are equally lost, and they're right here inside of the house, and, and they're living like hell and doing stupid things, right, right here in the church. They look like gold they look like gold coins but they've been lost, right? And someone needs to seek them out and someone needs to find them. So he gives us I think he gives us these two stories, the 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 one the lost sheep who left the house and the lost coin who was still in the house, right? But both lost and both in need of finding and both in need of restoration and both in need to celebrate the fact that that which was lost has now been found. And so then he tells the story, I think make I think he's giving us practical application. Let's take this out of the let's let's bring this a lot closer to home, boys. Let's stop talking about sheep and let's stop talking about coins and let's make this a whole lot more personal. Let's talk about a man, right? A good father who had two lost sons. One that was lost out there in the world, squandering his living with loose living and prostitutes and different stuff like that, and the other one who was right there in dad's house but never knew the heart of his father. Look, So this, this is a story of two prodigal sons. This is, the, this is the story of two young men that didn't know the heart of their father, right? It's, it's not the story of a bad son and a good son. It's the story of two lost sons, right? One good father, a father who was like the good shepherd, a father who was like the housekeeper, seeking to find that which was lost. Okay, And so I just want to ask you a couple of questions uh, this morning, and you can discuss them. So in this season of your life, do you identify more with the lost sheep or the lost coin? And why? Right? I'm sorry, I left one out. The lost sheep, the lost coin, or the good father? The good shepherd? The good wife. Like who do you who do you identify with? Like if you were to tell the people at your story, yours, if you were to tell the people, if you were to tell the men at your table your story, which story is yours? The lost sheep, the lost coin, the good father. All right, let's look at another question. What makes a person priceless or worthless? And why do you believe that? Is it okay for us to call people worthless? Is that a good one? Is it okay for us to think of people as worthless? What does it say? I'm just going to challenge you because like, we know the Bible answer is like, man, Pastor Chris is going to get on me because I've been calling somebody worthless. I've been talking bad to my employees, you know. Okay, but what about this? You ever heard the story of the talents? What does he say about the one who took his talent and hid it? Bring this worthless man to me. And take what is his and give it to the one that had ten, and then slay my enemies in my presence. That's in red. Go read it. Go. Does does God ever call someone worthless? I mean, we we live we live in a Christian community that has been taught to think that since he paid the ultimate price for us, everyone's priceless. Nobody's worthless. Is that true? I'm I'm not telling you if it is or not. I'm asking you to search the scriptures for yourself. You know, I'm asking you to use the wonderful brain that God gave you and, and search out some information and let it challenge your view of the world. What is it that makes a person priceless? What is it that makes a person worthless? Could a person really be priceless? You know? Could a person really be worthless? Could a man, could a man be precious? <laughs> could a man be worthless? Just questions for discussion. All right, how about this? Does your selfishness tend to look more like the older brother's self righteousness? You see this? He was selfish. And it expressed itself through his self righteousness. Okay? He was, he was, he did everything right. Or does your selfishness tend to look more like the prodigal son's worldliness? Did, can you believe this? I've, I don't know if you ever heard this before, but Bill Cosby does this routine, and there's an old comedy routine called Bill Cosby himself. And in Bill Cosby himself, it's got a lot of hilarious stuff in it, right? But he's got this one scene that's called, he's got this one skit that's called Having a Good Time. And that's what people call having a good time, right? You know, It's like, hes he's... We call it selfish, right? We call it selfish to live like the prodigal son. Man, I'm just going to go have a good time. I'm just going to treat myself to a good time. You're going to you're going to go out and consume toxins. That's why they call it you're going to you're going to poison yourself, right? That's why they call it being intoxicated and you're going to call that having a good time. You know what I did? I went and grabbed a bottle of poison and I drank it and man, we had a blast. Right? I'm gonna go try to kill myself and enjoy it. Cause I deserve it. I'm mean, there you go, right. You've been there. You know, yeah, I just I heard I just heard somebody say I heard my I heard my younger brother say it one time. Yeah, you know, I am like, no, right? Man, I had a hard day at work. I'm right? I just got through mowing the yard. I'm gonna drink some poison, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not condemning anybody. I don't mean that at all. I'm just saying, I, I really don't. Look, I'm really. It, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't think the scripture tells us not to drink. It tells, it tells us not to get drunk. Okay, I'm just taking it to an extreme to make a point that sometimes our versions of self care, like what we do to enjoy ourselves, aren't really benefiting us. Sometimes. Sometimes what, like, sometimes the way that we think of being selfish is actually self-destructive. Some of our patterns, some of our, some of our soul care is actually destructive. It's self-destructive behavior, right? Sometimes we get into things that we shouldn't. So I'm just asking you to analyze yourself. Would you tend to gravitate towards legalism or would you tend to gravitate towards lawlessness, right? Would you tend to be like the younger son Or would you tend to be like the older son? Right? And just asking you to look look at yourself in the mirror. Let the scripture speak to you. And then this last thing, last question. This morning I'm asking you, ask God to remind you of at least one lost soul this morning. Okay? Ask God in prayer today, ask God to remind you of at least one lost soul. Maybe that person's lost out there in the world. Maybe that person's lost in self-righteousness right here in the church, okay? But ask God to remind you to bring to your mind the name of at least one lost soul this morning. And then I'm asking you to spend this week praying for them and asking God how you can make a positive impact in their life. Do you know what a radical I'm, I'm just I'll just share this with you real quick do you if i've got a I've got an excel spreadsheet that will prove this you can create your own if you'd like to if today I was the only Christian in the world and I made a commitment that this year I would reach two lost souls teach them the basics of Christianity over the course of the year and then covenant together with them that we would do the same thing each year for the rest of our lives right individual reaches two people and disciples them and then commits to do the same thing again the next year did you know that within 40 years the entire population of the world gets reached so we we think we've got to we think that we've got to gather you know three thousand people to be to be successful if that's if i was the only christian in the world i'm not the only christian in the world right We could make a radical impact if we would just choose to ask God to show us one lost soul. Like if you if you would commit with me this morning to pray for one lost person and to ask God how you could reach that one person. And if you spent the whole year with that one person, it would not be a failure. You would be you would be an astronomical success if you would just reach one person this year. I mean, think about what I'm saying. Does, is that not convicting? That convicts the tar out of me because we're not doing it. If we reach one, if each one of us reach one person each year, the church doubles in size every year. Right? What if you reach two? Holy, we'd, we'd have like eighty churches in Amarillo within just a few years if you would just reach one person a year. I'm just saying that we don't, and I'm asking that God would convict us and help us change, right? Yes, sir. (laughs) I'm joking. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Spend this week praying for them and asking God how you might make a positive impact for their life. And then so my question is, who will you pray for this week? You you don't have to do this. I mean, maybe, maybe that's something that you want to keep private. But you might find maybe your wife or a best friend or, you know, a pastor or a small group leader or a table leader or somebody like that that you could be accountable with. And and you might share that name with them. You know what? As I prayed, God did bring to my mind the face of a lost person. And so I want to partner together with you. Right, Ed? Let's partner together and let's pray for that person. And then I'm going to hold you accountable that you would follow God as you minister to that person, whatever that looks like. No outcome, not concerned about the outcome, only concerned that you would look for them and that you would share the love of God with them in whatever way God tells you to do it, right? I mean, that's that's uh, that's next level faith, right? Take this out of ourselves and share it with the world. So let me shut up and pray and you guys can discuss. I hope hope you've enjoyed this this morning. So. God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for your love for us. God, I hope that as I've attempted to communicate these messages that uh, it has been meaningful and impacting to the men here in the room as they've listened. So I ask that you would, I, I ask that you would help us to see ourselves in your word, and I ask that you would help us to, you know, to, to look out here into the darkness and see and to see those things that have been lost. God, I pray for those who've gone astray. And I pray that those people who are here that have lost their way, I pray that they would be restored into right relationship with you and that they would be filled with this abundant life that you've promised us. We love you, God, and I thank you for these men this morning. I pray that you would bless the work of their hand in Jesus' name. Amen.